Well, welcome back to the official round two of the March to Badness tournament, John. Week three, round two. Yeah, so a math doesn't add up as usual. But um, yes, we are down to deciding today, John. I wonder if you did your homework and if you workshopped what we're calling what we're going to end up with today. We landed on, well, we didn't land on, we left off on the Steely 16, but that felt just too onto the, no, on yeah. the nose, right? I, I worked on that and I came up with uh, Steely 16. So oh. there we are. Well, maybe we should ask our guests to uh, weigh in. I have some workshopping I've done. Shall I share it with you? All right, go ahead. Okay, so I've got, um, none of it's better than Steely 16, but um, I do have the Strange 16, right? Okay. Okay. Uh, The Sick 16, because we're talking about the sick minds of Fagan. And then this one, how did this not come to us? The Hey 16. Oh, there it is. No, yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. I like the Hey 16. Hey 16. All right. Well, without further ado, we're not going to do this alone because we don't like to get negative comments on social media. So we're going to ask guests to come in, join us. They are guests that have been with us before. I like to refer to them as brothers from others' mothers because they share our love of music, of all things from the golden era. And that is none other than Rick Such and Eddie Cabello from Inside Music Cast. Gentlemen, welcome back. Hey there. Thanks for having us back. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Absolutely. So is that Cuervo Gold you got there? This is coffee. It was a long night oh. last, long night last night. <laughs> was it Colombian? No. <laughs> now, that's not the kind of Colombian they're talking about. It's though. Folgers. No. It's instant, man. This is it. <laughs> the cheap stuff, you know? <laughs> there might be a little Colombian in Folgers. Well, we want to thank you guys for coming on, helping us to decide uh, the matchups for the next. We're into round two now. So most of the Patsies uh, have been knocked out in the early rounds. We had a couple upsets. So we have some really interesting matchups for you today. We do want to thank you. Uh, People should know that last week's guest, Pete Fogel, was brought to us via the guys at Inside Music Cast. So we want to thank you for that. I'm glad you got Pete. Awesome. He was great. He was absolutely yeah. Quite the character. Right on brand for a Steely Dan tournament. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, today I am the MC, and uh, I will be posing the matchups. And from whatever criteria you like to use, you can explain your thought process, or you could just leave it a mystery and give us sort of your thoughts on the song. But we're going to ask you guys two songs. And you have to decide which song goes through. In the case that you agree... No problem. That song goes through. If you disagree and cannot come to some sort of uh, consensus, then Tom will get to be the tiebreaker vote in all of that. <laughs> yes. Well, before we dive in, let's just ask the gentleman to, uh, I'm sure, based on everything we know about you, you are lovers of Steely Dan. Tell us, how deep do you go into their catalog? Uh, how would you rate your love of Steely Dan on a scale of one to, hey, 16? <laughs> Eddie, you want to go first? Oh, you go ahead. Well, uh, Steely Dan is, the, is, and I think Eddie would agree with this, um, is, is sort of the center of, of my musical world. That and Toto, of course. Those are the two mm-hmm. bands that somebody asks, who's your favorites? Those, those, it's those two, and everything else revolves around it. Um, I mean, I go deep with Steely. I love all their stuff, every, everything, the, the, from the stuff that people considered, you know, now consider Yachty or West Coast to the stuff that wasn't there's a lot of steely dan that really didn't fit that bill so um but you know and i um i go back let's see i was probably five or six years old when i was in my mom's car i remember it just you know like it was yesterday and hearing uh ricky don't lose that number now it, it kind of when i was a kid my name is rick everybody called me ricky 
you know, when I was little. And so that, you know, that kind of caught my attention, obviously, when I heard the song. But but it just, you know, I, I think I have I love jazz. And, and that song, uh, Ricky, Don't Lose That Number, the jazz influence that you, you pull from from that, those elements, plus watching Peanuts cartoons and hearing the Vince Guaraldi you know, uh, mm, you know, tunes yeah. that were in and those shows. That's what th I think that was my initiation to jazz was, were, were those two things. That's what I credit it to anyway. Maybe there's something else I heard along the way. But Steely's always been important to me ever since before I even knew what Toto was. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, Cause it goes back to like 1974 or so when, when that song was out and was getting a lot of airplay. And I didn't know any of this when we asked you to join us for this. So that's perfect. What about you, Eddie? No, I, I stumbled on Steely Dan seriously because you know, being raised in the, in a in a in a pastor's home, this is not the type of music you typically would traditionally have playing in your in your in your home or whatever. But I was experimenting with so much stuff, and and of course, my experimenting for the most part was in late night radio out of Chicago. I was I was living in South Bend, Indiana as a kid, and we would always listen to WLS in, out of Chicago. And one of our correspondents uh, in, who's in Chicago, Brian Pearson, who was a radio voice back then, he would attest to this. But back then, late at night, they would these stations would turn the antennas to 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 face a certain way. And that's the time that after 10 o'clock, I would be able to get WLS. And I remember it was I was seventh, seventh, uh, seventh grade. And I started listening to, I mean, they were starting to play some some pretty much some off the radar covers, you know, like like Black Friday or Dr. Wu and that type of thing. And I'm like, what the heck is this? And they would only play those after 10 o'clock. And that was the beginning of it for them. After that, you know, I started just digging in. And uh, because I was such a kid back then, I was like, whoa, what is this coming from? So the big question always is, what what is so intriguing about the, the cordings that like what like Rick just said, the jazz cordings, the phrasings, all that kind of stuff. I was that was pushing my buttons big time, and, and that was pretty much the big of it, the the beginning of this whole thing for me off radio. Very cool. Wow. Well, I maybe regret to inform you that rounds one and two, a lot of the deeper cuts, it was very chalky tournament so far as they say in the tournament uh, universe. So a lot of the favorites beat up on a lot of the patsies, as John mentioned. So we'll see how obscure we're going to get today. But maybe we should, uh, John, I'll cue, let you. Uh, take us from here and uh maybe we need to identify a region okay so we broke these out it started with 64 songs we had no play-ins we're down to 32 now we broke it out into four regions i did all of the seeding based on my own criteria but uh, we, we already dealt with that so here's the four regions and we want you to pick which one to start with so we have the bodacious cowboys region we have the west on sunset region the Mad About Brubeck region and Dude Ranch Above the Sea region. Who wants to pick a region? We'll get going. Go for it, Rick. I was going to say, go for it, Eddie. <laughs> You're already agreeing. <laughs> Is it going to be like that all day? Come on. Be mad about Brubeck. All right. Mad About Brubeck. Yeah, the jazz influence. Had to go yeah. Brubeck. All right, we're going to start right at the very top here. We have the number one seed here, and that is FM. The girls don't seem to care tonight as long as the mood is right. Going up against Don't Take Me Alive. What do you guys think? Well, you know, it, 
having a, this is such a difficult thing to choose between two Steely Dan songs. Um, <laughs> you got to do that all day here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, they're, yeah, they're so, they're so fantastic. Both of those songs are fantastic, but I guess because of when FM came out and, you know, it was somewhere in that Asia gaucho, you know, sort of era, I've got to go with FM. Uh, it's just, I mean, <laughs> that song is so beautiful. You know, it's, it's, uh, the, the the what I love about that song are the vocal harmonies, especially when they hit FM. And it's the vocal harmonies just just crawl right through my skin, and I love it. Yeah, I, I would sort of agree. I mean, my my criteria basically is is uh, the least amount of characters in a title of a song, and the fact that there are no <laughs> vowels in there that does it for me. Jeez. <laughs> All right. All right. The the vowelless FM goes through. Yeah. Yeah. Give me another song. Seriously, give me another song that there's no vowels. And two two consonants, and you have a hit. Uh, it's amazing. Real quick, I think I'm going to pencil IGY into the next round while we're at it. <laughs> oh, see, that's just where I was headed. You are the spoiler killer of all. Well, now, oh, hey, this tournament needs spoilers. Never mind. I'm going to go. I'm going to go elsewhere. So we have now bad sneakers, which was a five seed. Against, now, this was an upset-minded uh, surprise. Boston Rag beat out Sign-In Stranger in the previous round. So now we've got Bad Sneakers versus the Boston Rag. Bring back the Boston Rag. Tell all you buddies that it ain't no rag. 5-13 matchup. Eddie, you go first here. Oh, my goodness. Uh... I like them both. I am more familiar, be honest with you, with bad sneakers. But I think I knew a girl that had horrible tennis shoes one time in high school. Her name was Katie. And, and it was like. <laughs> she lied about them? She did lie about them. You know, I asked her, what are those? She goes, uh, they're Pumas. I go, no, they're Adidas. She lied. And based on that alone, I say, you know, that's bad sneakers has to do with it. I love, I love it. Rick, any arguments, Rick? Yeah, I'm going to go with Boston Rag. Ooh, Tom. Oh, no. Tom, you get an early opportunity to upset one of our two guests. <laughs> I know. Oh, I should upset them both and write somebody in. Um, no. <laughs> write in the Fez. She's my brother from a different mother. You think that, you know, based on my FM answer, that I would have gone with bad sneakers, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, um, I don't know, just, just the maybe the vocal harmonies and, and the melody of that tune, but... The Boston, Boston Rag is cool. Boston Rag has such a cool vibe to it. Uh, the lyrics are, I still can't figure out the lyrics for the most part. Um, I, I kind of have an idea of what they're about, but I just dig that song. It's, it's got such a cool groove to it, and I, I, it's kind of undeniable. I know which way Tom's going, because we talked about this song a couple weeks ago, and that was one of my favorites, and Tom called it semi-annoying. So, Tom, <laughs> what do you say? Well, uh, I can say that about any Steely Dan True. song, really. It's like semi-annoying until you get it. Then you're like, it's genius. What are you doing here? Um, all right. So I heard both of these songs today, and I'm like, I have no idea what the seedings were. I couldn't think of it offhand. I'm like, one of those is going to make a deep run, a dark horse deep run. So one of them is. Um, I'm going with the um, Loyola Marymount, <laughs> Boston Rag, 13 seeds. Send oh. them through. Oh, Baby. That is the song I found slightly <laughs> annoying, by the way. Oh, yeah. Okay. The thing I haven't really looked into is I want to know who they're referring to when they talk about Lonnie. You know, who is Lonnie? 
Did you guys yeah, know? Because I really yeah. don't know if there's a reference. To I that. don't I have to ask Don right up. Maybe I don't. <laughs> he would know. Don would know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving along, John. I find this to be a very interesting matchup now. Uh, vowels notwithstanding. So we do have IGY. So that's like one and a half vowels, right? Because it's like A, sometimes, I, sometimes sure. Y. Yeah. So IGY. Which is a three seed, beat out Showbiz Kids in the first round. Against, I think, in some schools of thought, this is the biggest Steely Dan song. If you were in early, and that's all you knew was classic rock Steely Dan, reeling in the years. Are you reeling in the years? Stowing away the time. Are you gathering at the tees? Have you had enough of mine? I'll start with this one then. Um, I love Reeling in the Years. It, it's, I mean, who doesn't? It's a classic tune. You, you know, it's that opening guitar lick is, is you know, unforgettable. But there's no way I can vote for it over IGY because, you know, the IGY is, I mean, it's off one of my very favorite albums, uh, The Nightfly. That, mm-hmm. that album to me is a Desert Island classic. And Again, and the vocal harmony stuck me in on that one, and it's just such a beautiful tune. I, I just I, IGY for me. You know, this this decision is sort of like as to, um, you know, how certain songs they place you exactly in a certain time space in your life. Oh yeah, this is one yeah. of those. And um, but I can remember remember them both so vividly. But I I do know that when IGA the the Nightfly came out. I probably didn't, just like a lot of the listeners and out out there, probably didn't put down the needle. I mean, you didn't lift up the needle for a week, two weeks, or whatever, because you were deciphering the whole album as to Donald what Fagan was doing. Um, it's it's magical what he does, uh, the whole album, but specifically IGY. Uh, what's the title? International Geo Physical Year. That's right. Yeah. I mean, the whole concept of this whole thing is 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 just so out there and then his cordings and and the vocals the vocals themselves are just stellar um i'm putting all my marbles on on igy also no yeah doubt. i remember eddie we had um we've had both michael lamardian and greg fellingaines on the show and and uh those guys both i think independently talked about those that you know the 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 nightfly sessions yeah and you remember the story about how they sat both of those guys down fagan sat both of them down and made i don't know if i have the hands correct but they had they made one play with the right hand one play with the left hand simultaneously yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, the right hand part and the left hand part at the same time, both of them sitting down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I read that was because they, they wanted a different sort of swing feel for each right. part. And so one person, their mind couldn't do it. Right. Madness. This is madness. Yeah. I tell this you. is madness. That's, that's yeah. what they thought too. And uh, you know what? Uh, back then, I mean, although they tell us th- this really funny story about those guys touching shoulders and one one takes the lower register and the guys in the top and they're playing because that's what they're being told. And that's also what they're getting paid to do, right? They're getting paid to do what yeah, they're right. to be told. So these guys, after after the, they didn't take it too lightly. This was not a funny experience for these guys. That's the beautiful thing about it is that. It proves that Fagan, you know, Fagan was, uh, you know, he was truly experimenting. He wanted to hit something, he, a needle in a haystack. He probably, he probably did not get it with this approach, but needless to say, it's experimental. And I think the, 
the end product is what really matters, right? Yeah, I love when artists take big swings. I don't care if they miss sometimes and you listen to something like, "Ah," but I I want to see them take big swings. Tom, what's your thoughts on that matchup? Um, Sentimentally, I think my heart goes to where I was when I started re-listening to Steely Dan and then started accepting reeling in in the years as something other than classic rock because I'm not a huge fan of what you might consider classic Mm -hmm. rock. So I probably would have gone there, but intellectually, after hearing you guys and then just knowing how few letters uh, that IGY has been reduced (laughs) down to from intergalactic... I mean, there's no question. (laughs) So anyways, yeah, so IGY I think deserves merit for going through. Sure, why not? All right, let's finish out the region then. We're going to finish out the Mad About Brew back region with the number seven seed any major dude i never seen you looking so bad my funky one you tell me that your super fine mind has come undone any major dude with half a heart and that is going against the number two seed in this region and that would be kid chalamet Eek. That's this is the toughest one of the bunch. I mean, we, we, we talked to we talked to Larry Carlton about this the last time yeah. that we had him on the show. I was just about that that solo itself, and this is a living this. Wow, that solo was a living organism, you know, mm-hmm. um, because every time you listen to it, you hear something different, and uh, and oh my goodness, that's what are your comments there, Rick? Oh boy, this I'm sitting here weighing between what I like about each of these tunes, mm-hmm. and it's boy, it's, it's hard. making you forget about your bad day, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's making it, but it's giving me anxiety now. Oh shoot, sorry. <laughs> I have to, I have to answer. To <laughs> uh, you know, Kid Charlemagne is amazing. The production, the the lyrics, the mood of that song, Larry Carlton's you know incredible solo that you know that he. It's, I mean, every time you hear that song, that you know that you you can't miss that, and it's he's credited for it yeah. over and over and over. But man, any major dude is such a cool tune. It it kind of reminds me of like the same vibe and same funk is, or groove as um, uh, the Boston Rag. I mean, kind mm-hmm. of in that same caliber of tune. Um, uh, Eddie. I know what I want to choose. I want to choose any major dude. Ooh. Um, and, 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 and that's, and that's all due respect to the solo and kid Charlemagne and, and that's just the, the monumental iconic type of stature that that track, a seated down, seated in track has and offers, but uh, any, any major dude compositionally, the whole song is just beautiful from, from the licks, the very, the arrangement, the intricacies of the keyboard part and the guitar part. Um, it, it, it spans the whole track in a real consistent way as to, I think in Charlemagne is it's, it's a great track and it has high points and low points and throughout the whole thing. But I go back to this one because it's just a little more old school for me. And uh, I don't know. I, for some reason, I, I just migrate to major dude. It's, you know, I remember I remember you and I on a road trip and we were you had never heard the first Toto album, the debut. And we were listening through some of the, the harder tunes and that but as soon as we got to um Taking It Back, mm-hmm. the song Taking It Back, which yeah. has a slower, you know, more of a you know um gro- slower groove to it, you that just sucked you in and you played it several times over. So I knew yeah. 
you were going to go with that with any major dude, the slower, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a slower vibe, you know, cooler groove type of tune. But I'm going to counter that with with Kid Charlemagne. Ooh, the roadblock. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. All right. So um, I'm sitting here thinking the song Kid Charlemagne. If it didn't exist, I don't know how it would have been invented, other than by yeah. the likes of steely dan right there's just we come to know it and get familiar with it and you almost overlook that how unique that sound is the groove and everything i gotta go with kid charlemagne sorry that's, eddie but i'm setting that that's one okay fairly decisively and not because i don't like it any major dude it's just i think kid charlemagne is just a work yeah, really so yeah. anyways yep. i just yep. well i just love that you guys have such a uh depth of knowledge of the deep cuts and it isn't the automatic just pop the the big hit through and like it is for me just yeah no it's not (laughs) not that you know what i mean it's just the that there's an appreciation for everything that they've done you know so let's let's summarize that uh bracket we would have going forward we have uh so fm beat out take me uh, don't take me alive and boston rag beat out bad sneakers so that means we have fm and boston rag mm. going up against each other uh igy beat reeling in the years and kid charlemagne beat any major dudes so we will have igy and kid charlemagne Ooh. Ooh, possibly uh, fagan's top solo record against one of the top dan records so that's going to be interesting so hey 16 Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ooh. All right, let's uh, let's pick a region here now. Uh, Bodacious Cowboys, West on Sunset, or Dude Ranch above the sea. Let's go with Bodacious Cowboys. Ooh, this is a tough one right off the mm. bat. Oof. It actually is. Um, I would say this is the uh, matchup of the song that the Yacht Rockers call Steely Dan's best <laughs> versus what was probably one of their first huge hits. So we've got the number one seed in this region, Peg. against the old school monster hit of Do It Again. Are you in from the old days or are you in from the Asia days to some degree? I'll start. I, I, I love, you know, I love everything. I, I love both of these tunes. But Do It Again is a great tune, but I got to go with Peg. Because Asia is my all-time favorite album, hands down, and it's just you know how it's the song. I know it's a, I know you like you said it's the, it fits in with the whole rock, yacht rock vibe that, but but it's just even before we knew the term yacht rock, that song was undeniable, and it's got such a great groove. I mean the the best groove. I love that Asia, um, the making of Asia uh, DVD that was out there where they mm-hmm. broke it down and. 
um, you know, the, the whole album and, and hearing those tracks yeah. soloed with Fagan and Becker sitting at the console <laughs> and just hearing, you know, Michael McDonald's, you know, backing vocals just by themselves. It's just, it's just brilliant. It's, it's the whole thing is just awesome. I, I got to go with Peg. Add no words, Peg. Hands down. Don't even need to mention the Graydon solo, right? Do you want me to imitate the Michael McDonald vocal again? Yeah, please. Go on. No, nah, that, that's right. You'll have to listen to last week's episode. All right. <laughs> never mind. All right. So. Uh, oh, there it is. <laughs> okay. Now, let's see here. What do we got? We got the, no- Ooh, we have an upset here that uh, the number 12 seed Kings from the first album beat out Dirty Work last week. Oh, So we have Kings going up against another Fagan solo iconic song, Lester the Nightfly. I'm Lester the Nightfly. Hello, Baton Rouge. Won't you turn your radio down? Respect the seven seconds. Oh, that's easy. I mean, I'm sorry. Kings is a wonderful song, but again, you're talking Nightfly here. And yeah. the, the Nightfly is. Again, it's just, it's too good to, to say no to. So the night fly for me. Kings had their day in the sun. They upset, you know, last minute buzzer beater, whatever. But any arguments, Eddie, we said a night fly through. Yeah. Um, I, I, hands down. I totally agree. I totally agree. That's a iconic album, but I, I'm trying to sort of um, map out exactly the, the reason why. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's, Lyrically, it's probably one of the most off balance, very cool. And I mean, I kept on reading the lyrics over and over and over again. I mean, just um, the the whole, just the concept, not of the music, but of the lyric itself and where the, you know, I'm so curious. I don't even know the answer as to what came first, the lyric or the melody or the, or the, the hook. I don't know. Uh, I which song are you actually referencing? Kings? No. Um, oh, Nightfly. Nightfly. Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought you were talking about Kings. Sorry. No, no, no. Nightfly. Well, I was going to say you could be describing almost any song. That, there, that's, right? that's true. They're yeah. all on drugs. They're, yeah. They're- I'll copy and paste <laughs> that around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's what's so cool about Steely Dan is you once you get, you know, maybe I won't say tired of, but you're overanalyzing the music. You've got all the lyrical content to sift yeah. through, too. And you're like, this is either genius or crazy. I don't yeah. know which. It is worth mentioning, Tom, if you recall, that Kings did sort of get through on a technicality. Do you recall that? Uh, yes. Uh, this was Ben's pick. If I recall, no, this no, was Pete. Wasn't. Oh, Pete. What did he say? Oh, I he, remember. He, yes. Yeah. He wouldn't let dirty work through because it wasn't sung by Fagan. So oh. yeah. And Fagan won't, won't play it live without someone else singing it. So he said, if, if, if he's not going to sing it, I'm not putting it through. <laughs> that was his Quero golden ro- uh, rule just throughout the entire round. It kind of was. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Lee, let's see now. So Nightfly went through. Now we have another upset tune that made it through. So Brooklyn, Owes the charmer. Brooklyn owes the charmer under me. Beat out any world I'm welcome to. So Brooklyn is going up against the number three seed that had an easy matchup against Third World Man. So we have Josie and Brooklyn. So which are you in for? That's easy for me. Yeah. 
Seems like it would. You be. know my answer is if it comes from Asia, I'm, it's going to trump. So you've got a Quervo Golden Rule. I know well. Josie is again. It's it was a hit, and but it's just I, you know, if those if those if if those songs were never hits, they'd still be you know top of the heap for me because I just love that era of Steely Dan. So it's got. I, I do too. I mean, hands down, it's. Uh, I think Josie is the. That gets my overbite going every time, you know, the head bob and the overbite, you know, happening. And it's, it's, it's same yeah. here. So that's, there we go. Yeah. I, I have an underbite, but needless to say, I moved the same way that with, you know, we talked to the Dean Parks, uh, the beginning of the year, Rick, and he was talking to us about some of the tracks that, that, that he played on. And, um, and he was basically, you know, talking about the complexity of the chordings and the, that chordings are very unexpected how they're in their changes, mm. and for Dean Parks to say that the music is challenging, it's that's that's very admirable uh, for him to admire that. Josie is one of those things that you know it's I'm, I'm like Rick. If it comes off Asia, it's 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 got to be good. You know, you referenced uh, Rick that video, the the behind the music or the making of Asia, yeah. and reference to Dean Parks, and there was that scene in there where Dean is sitting there saying about the process of how they had to learn all these songs to the point where they got the arrangement exactly perfect, and then he said, "Now that you've got it perfect, play it like it's spontaneous." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a challenge! Yeah. Madness, madness. Tom, thoughts. Uh, it's just madness. Just madness. No, <laughs> kind of remind me of the guy from Blinding Me with Science. Thomas Doby. <laughs> Science! <laughs> Except you're yelling madness. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I can't comment further on Josie for reasons that will become clear later. All righty, <laughs> then. Here we go. Now, we have the number seven seed. Only a fool would say that. On So that's got the uh, the seahorse uh, lyric, the Trojan seahorse lyric of fool for the Yachty people yeah. mm-hmm. going up against the legend, Black Cow. Not tough. Uh, well, we know which one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's Asia. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right. <laughs> Pencil them in, chalk them up. I black cow. I just remember going to Chicago in, I think it was 2008, when Steely Dan started doing their album shows. You know, that yeah. was around 2008, I think. I think you were yeah. with me. Weren't yeah, you? they they did the, the album, my album. Yep. I remember when um, one of the backing vocalists, I can't remember what, she might have been Carolyn, she came out, you know, before the show started, or right before the show started, she brought out an Asia album and they had like over on the side of the stage, they had a turntable and she slipped the album out and set it down on the, on the plat, set the, you know, uh, record down on the turntable yeah, on the platter. and put it down. And as soon as she put it down, bum bum, they started playing oh. like instantly. It was wonderful. Yeah. Like they put the record on and they hit it and, and it's, I'm hearing black cow for the first time live. And I just, I had chills down my spine. Super cool. Oh, I a black cow. <laughs> Agreed. Well, wait till you hear these matchups for next week. Uh, you're going to be thankful you're not part of next week because Peg and Nightfly have to go and get oh, each boy. other. Oh, Lord. And Josie versus Black Cow. Oh. So there is no uh, saying I'm 
uh, going to pick an Asia song yeah, to get Asia you out of it, Asia so. crime, Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. That is going to be heavy lifting next week. Wow. Can you stop? Can you stop the game right now and just take it the way? No, I maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> the final four is going to be some version of Josie, um, all the Asia tunes. Probably. <laughs> Man. I haven't heard any gaucho yet, so we got to get some gaucho in here. Then. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, 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 there's a couple of concerns I have with uh, the most recent uh, round here of the March to Madness. And that is what that we're having to, the biggest upset of all is that we're losing to the clock. We have to go over, <laughs> we have to go over time. Well, that's one of them that we're breaking this round into two episodes. That's one. Who is it that has the saying that um, they, they never lose, they just run out of time? Uh, that would be the Michigan Wolverines. That's what I thought. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, that is a completely different tournament, though. That's a football reference. Right. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Uh, here's the other thing that I'm, I'm troubled by. Okay. In addition to breaking this episode into two rounds, we may be breaking up our brothers from others' mothers because they're at loggerheads, these two. They they did. They uh, they argued a bit. They uh, yeah. You had to break a couple of ties. Yes. Yep. And I have a feeling that's not going to be the last of it. Well, geez, I hope they come back for part two. Yeah, I think we had a commitment from them on that. So we're, yes. we're good there. You know, um, there was some uh, chatter based on the first uh, uh, episodes that made it out into the ether. And um, I've been seeing some of the talk on the uh, Facebook pages. And uh, there was some questions about um, why there was no... Uh, let's say there was none of the Walter Becker solo stuff and not a whole lot of the later era Steely Dan stuff. Cause I really struggled to find some of the later stuff to put in there because in my opinion, it's not really up to the same standard as the early stuff, but, uh, mm. and even the, the Becker stuff to me comes from a different space. So I kind of wanted to address that. And I had a, a, sort of a prevailing question that had been haunting me ever since we talked to Pete. So in, when we had Pete on, you came up with the, you know, the obvious thing that had been sitting there that, you know, the Trojan horse is now the Trojan seahorse lyric, right? Correct. Correct. So does that mean then going forward that when people rate our, give reviews to our episodes, it should be done on a scale of one to five star fish? Oh, no, <laughs> no, it should just be a scale of five to five star fish. Oh, okay. There you go. Yes, very good. Well, all right. Well, now we know the pun bell's still working. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. All right. So the bodacious Cowboys region was pretty chalky, as you like to say. Top four yeah. seeds all went through into the Hay 16. Uh, the Mad About Brubeck has the shocker, the 13 seed that has made it all the way into the Hay 16, that being Boston Rag. And that yeah. is with the other one, two, and three seeds. So big surprise there. There's a lot of madness in March about the madness that is the madness of mad about Brubeck region. So it's mad madness. I tell you, yes. One quick reminder before we go into the lightning round that, uh, people should, uh, Remember to follow Inside Music Cast on Facebook. They also have an Inside Music Cast radio page, and there's an app for that that uh, you can download and stream their 
um, their 24-7 music channel, and they do on occasion on weekends, not every weekend, but on occasional weekends, run Steely Dan marathons. So that is something that you should definitely have as part of your music repertoire, the Inside Music Cast radio app. And I guess as long as we're doing some housekeeping, let me add one more suggestion. All right. um, thanks to listener Mead in the Facebook group Yacht Rock Nation, who is taking our tournament picks and he's putting them to the people. So uh, he's putting all of our matchups as they come up in our tournament and is asking the people to decide. So if you want to have your own voice, uh, well, get your own podcast or go to Yacht Rock Nation and follow along and have your voice be heard. Amen. I wonder if those results are going to differ. Probably will. Maybe that, so far- Maybe not the final outcome, but we'll see. We shall see. All right. right. Well, with that, now we can get on to the lightning round. Yowza. All right. Well, who's going to go first here? Should we have another fight? Yeah, you go first. Oh, that's not a fight. Oh. All right. Um, I've got a new theme I'm trying out this week. Okay. (laughs) Consistency Uh, is a good brand marker, I've heard, but never mind. What do I know about brand markers? Yes. So this new theme is going to be sort of like, name that tune. It's going to be, hey, check out this intro, and you'll be shocked at what comes next. Okay. So I found this little Yachty gem at sea. Digging the vibe. It's mellow. Feeling Yachty. And then the vocals kick in. There's a spark of magic in your it's Prince from 1996, the Emancipation album Betcha by Golly Wow. Whoa, what were you listening to when they played this? My uh, Lost, The Lost Prince playlist on Spotify. Wow, yeah, <laughs> that is like really, really jazzy. And uh, it's got some of that four chord climb action going. It does, yes, yep, and I think it all even modulates when the verse comes in, something like that. But yeah, so I'm listening to Prince, I'm in a very Prince state of mind, and then this tune comes on, and I'm like, what is this? So that's a nice little gem to be found at sea. Yeah, off the Emancipation album, very nice. Yeah, all right, see, not too bad. So how are you liking the new theme so far? I'm loving it, I'm loving (laughs) it. You're not going to like my take on the new theme, because uh, here's something I found at sea. You're going to play the end of songs then, apparently. No, no, I'm going to talk about something that isn't even song related. Well, I will. I'll get to that. But here's something really ironic. Are you familiar with the uh, disease or whatever that's called scurvy? Yes, I am. Yes, yes. people at sea uh, will suffer from this. And do you know why? It's a lack of vitamin C. There it is. Now, how (laughs) ironic is that? Quite. Anyway, uh, <laughs> back on track here. Uh, Walter Becker, 1994. You said you wanted to hear some Walter Becker solo. Well, this is from 11 Tracks of Whack. And uh, this is called Down in the Bottom. In case you're wondering, it's alive and well. Yeah, little habit that you left with me. Here in the suburbs where it's hard to tell. If I got the bell, if the bell got Yeah, that was posted by uh, one of the listeners. Can't remember the name now, um, but somebody that wanted to hear more Walter Becker in our 
tournament and suggested that song. Now that is certainly one of those uh, snare sounds that you cannot ignore. It is, just defines the whole character of the tune. Yeah, and you can't turn it up very loud either, or else you rip your <laughs> eardrums out. Yes, but some of the other sounds were good. Like yeah. I like the sound of the bass or the guitar. So, and the, the song really did grow on me. I will admit, but it doesn't seem like it fits with what we're talking about. But yeah, there's some Walter Becker, eleven tracks of Whack. Great album title, right? Speaking of Walter Becker from the future, are you gonna then have some uh, China Crisis in the off the map? I considered that, but ah, okay. but no, but uh, you right. probably do. All right? No, no I don't. But right. now that I think about it, I should have. So, oh well. There's always next week. All right, buried treasure, buried treasure, as you've often liked to say. Yes. Um, speaking of Walter Becker, he is the buried treasure in the song Haitian Divorce. <laughs> So what makes Walter Becker the buried treasure in that one is that that guitar solo, well, it's actually lead that plays throughout the song, was originally played by Dean Parks. But they decided Mm. that the sound wasn't interesting enough or they wanted to do something to it. And it was really just a pretty straight tone. So then they reamped the sound and Walter re... How do I explain it? It's Walter doing the talk box stuff to the track after it had already been recorded. Oh, my gosh. So they're sending that signal out into some other device that is playing this, the sound. If you've ever seen that thing that is the, the talk box, it's got that hose that goes into the person's mouth. So what they do is they send the audio down that hose into the person's mouth, and then with their mouth, they make the vowel shapes, and then you put a microphone in front of the person's mouth. So now you're getting the tone that's been resonated by the inside of that person's head into the microphone. So they went through this process with Walter Becker doing the mouth work to Dean Parks's guitar solo, making him the buried treasure on Haitian Divorce. Wow. Are they both credited? Yeah. Yeah. It says uh, something in the credits about um, uh, reprocessed, guitar reprocessed by Walter Becker or some wording like that. Yeah. Hmm. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So nice little assist. Yeah. Dean Parks and Walter Becker. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. Way more interesting than my buried treasure. I'll tell you that. Well, it's your turn. Okay. Well, uh, didn't know I was going to have a tough act to follow, but it's a strange um, reference uh, on its face because I heard the other day the song Up Where We Belong. In case you don't know what that is, Love Lift Us Up Where We Belong, Joe Cocker and Jennifer Warren. Mm-hmm. Here's a little bit of what it sounds like, and then I'm going to tell you what the buried treasure is, uh, a treasure after that. Love First of all, that was a song that obviously it's it's not one I forgot. It's just one that I've forgotten to go back to because I don't even know how much I really liked it back in the day. Yeah, so same it was here. one of the didn't spark nostalgia, but it was like, oh yeah, that tune. Yeah. But I'm listening to it, I'm like, hmm, sounds way oddier than I would have ever given it credit for. Who's the personnel? Okay. Obviously, Jennifer Warren's is Yachty. Yep. Joe Cocker is not. No, but uh, by the way, he wanted to record his vocal separate, so he was never in the same room as in the same city as Jennifer Warren. What a baby! I know, and how unyachty of him. <laughs> um, so the buried treasures include Abe Laboriel on bass, Ooh, yeah, Leon Indugu Chancellor on drums, yes, Lewis Shelter on guitar, 
Robbie Buchanan on keyboards, and I'm hearing that Rhodes or some kind of electric piano in there, and Paulino DaCosta on percussion. Can that, you believe that? that? That is top drawer. Did wow. you know any of that? No, I did not. Who produced it? Uh, well, interestingly enough, a guy by the name of Stuart Levine. I know Stuart Levine, but yeah, I wouldn't associate him with those players. No, no. I mean, huh. he was, I think he was kind of just getting started in the 80s because he we got like Huey Lewis, Patti LaBelle, Sly Stone, Boy George. We said Joe Cocker, Killing Joke, you know, um, Boss Gags. So, uh, David Sandboard, Brenda Russell. This is why you've heard of him, anyways. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So, very accomplished producer. But I, I mean, I'm, those sounds jumped right off of the, the, yeah, I don't know, screen at me. I'm like, I got to look this up. Yeah. Your ears <laughs> sure are so enough. tuned to it now, aren't, you, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, so back to my theme. Okay. I was telling you all about. So, for Off the Map, play the intro, would you, of uh, this particular tune, and then we'll come back and identify. So... Obviously not Yacht Rock, and that's why it's off the map, yeah. but it was interesting to me just sonically that just the character of the recording and the tracking of those instruments is so kind of yachtified to me. Mm -hmm. But that's a good tune. Um, yeah, they would fall in that same category. You mentioned China Crisis earlier. They would fall into that yeah. same sophisticated jazz-influenced pop coming out of Europe at the time, the later 80s, yeah. And I think I like it way more now than I did back then. Mm -hmm. I, th mm -hmm. I think his voice bothered me and whatever. It just didn't hit the right chords. I had to be yachtified myself to truly appreciate it. Very well said. And what do you have for Off the Map? Well, one of those Spotify mixes made for you that includes probably 95% of stuff you always listen to. So it's already in your list. But then every once in a while, they pop something in that surprises you that's related. I never really spent any time investigating much of the... Um, say mid '80s Ned DeHenny stuff, uh, because mm. I, I, you know, I know the earlier '70s stuff, and I listened to some of his recent stuff to see what's he doing now. But 1988, he had an album called Life After Romance, and this song came on in my shuffle, and it just caught my attention as to how close to Yachty it is. It's post Yachty in many of its sounds, but I couldn't help but notice, like you said, when your ears tune to it, this is what you hear: mm -hmm. heartbreak in the making. So that album doesn't really exist on Spotify. It does in pieces, but I found that on a uh, Japanese compilation that I obviously can't read Japanese. The only letters I can make out of it are the letters A-O-R, but I did find out that that song is from 1988. You can definitely hear that it's classic Ned sounding, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. I have some heartbreak for you. Yeah. I've been sitting on that gem for months. It's been in my playlist. I, just, <laughs> I don't remember how I found it. I just heard it. I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's heartbreak for you. Yeah, man. Hi, I've been enjoying it for long. Yeah, but I you. got to put it out to the masses. Ah, uh, true, true, true. Yeah. Our yep. faithful I, audience. I was keeping it to myself. Well, you know what they say to the people that tend to do that? They're shellfish. Ahoy, polloi. Make sure you give me a ding on shellfish. I know. <laughs> You're shellfish? Ding. Oh, <laughs> 